Lean forward slightly. Look straight at the speaker. And listen with a sparkle in your eye. As though you might be thinking, gee, this is the most wonderful thing I've ever heard in all my life. Live from Hollywood, California, this is So I Married a Movie Geek! Welcome to So I Married a Movie Geek! You get a car! You get a car! Okay, you don't get a car, but you get Chrissy McQueen and Justin Winters doing a podcast. Woo-woo! That might be better than a car. Well... Better if it's like, you know, not a Ford Fiesta. I don't even know what I'm saying. Whoa. What? Don't like Ford Fiestas, do you? You know, the commercial is interesting for the Ford Fiesta, but every time I see the car itself, I'm like, really, Ford? Something is left to be desired. That's it. So, speaking of cars, we saw um, a movie in the theaters. Did we not, Justin? It is true. We saw Drive... Angry. I keep calling it Drive Crazy. It's Drive Angry in 3D. Is it the official title? I think it was, yeah. So when it comes out on DVD, is it going to be called Drive Angry in in 3D? No. It'll probably be just Drive Angry. Right. But we saw it in 3D. We did see it in 3D. And that's what it said on like on the commercials. when they Drive Angry in 3D. May I say I'm very proud of myself? Okay. (laughs) Would you like to know why? May I say that I rock? <laughs> Did I just say that? No, but you know why? Why? When we went to the movie theater, I didn't fall asleep. That's big. I hey. mean, if you fell asleep during this movie, something was wrong. <laughs> well, no, because the very first thing I said was we sat down and I was like, I'm really tired. Yep. <sighs> and you were like, wake up, wake up, wake up, before it even started. And I went, Okay. Okay. It was like 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, but here's the thing. I have a hard time staying awake in movies in general. It's like, I don't, I don't know what it is, but film is like tryptophan for me for the last year or so. But you put on the 3D glasses, oh, and forget about it. Because then I know that nobody can see me falling asleep behind my glasses. And I'm like, all right, I'm out. And then I just like conk out. Well, these things are so expensive. This is just a waste of money. Right, it, but it's the best nap ever. Like, I nap much better in the movie theater than I ever sleep at home. I'll get you some fake 3D glasses. We'll, you can watch it. <laughs> watch you it. probably have well, to make me watch a movie and I'll just fall asleep behind the glasses. Exactly. That'd be great. No. Okay. But I didn't fall asleep. And I have to say, Drive Angry, much better than I anticipated. Well, here's the thing. I've been wanting to see this for a while. And then I suggested that we watch this, Drive Angry in 3D. And your response was, why? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then you like launched into a tirade against Nicolas Cage. And I had to, yeah, no, I, no, I had, no. to I had to come to his defense, sort of like I did to Keanu Reeves like a couple months ago. Excuse moi. Yes. You called, quote, crap Nicolas Cage. Oh, no, 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 no. Yes, if you did. That's what you said. Don't make me pull up the email. I no, will. you said this to me. No. I said the Crap Nick Cage movie. Capital C, capital N, and capital C. Well, and capital I, still, I still got the quotes right because you said Crap Nick Cage. No, 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 no. You're, now you're taking it out of context. 
Don't make me call you like John Boehner or something taking the president. You were very down. You were down on Nicolas Cage. No, I wasn't. I was down on seeing this movie. And in fact, I coupled that statement by saying, I wouldn't care if Matt Damon starred in this movie. And I like Matt Damon. I still wouldn't want to see it. Matt Damon. Yes. The point is, it was about the movie, not about Nick Cage. Okay, what was it? What The, the trailer? You didn't like the trailer? Well, all right. Girls out there in the audience, let's put it this way. If you see a trailer for, mm, oh, I don't know, Love Actually, you're like... I really want to see that. But let me tell you something. Your boyfriend at the time was like, oh, crap. Another chick flick. You're totally generalizing both sexes in that statement. Okay. I like, Love, I like Love Actually. I thought it was a good movie. Fantastic. Pick no, another movie. Like, you know, someone like you or he's just not that into you or whatever. Something that can be classified as a quote, end quote, chick flick. That being said, I saw the trailer for this dry, angry movie and it was like, Cars! Fighting! Who's in women? Nick Cage! And I went, oh. You sound like the, the, the monster truck <laughs> fast guy. That's what it felt like. Saturday, 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 and Sunday. That's exactly what it felt like watching this. And as uh, somebody of the female persuasion, I was like, well, this is a guy movie that I have absolutely no interest in. That's sad. Because you ended up liking it. I ended up half liking it. No, you were at, like actively rooting for things going on well, in the movie. Well, it was just ridiculous. And we'll, we'll get to the best part in a little bit. But, yeah, I thought you liked it. Especially after calling it a crap Nick Cage movie from the trailer. I wasn't a fan of how they treated women in the movie. What do you have against Nick Cage in general? I don't. I like Nick Cage in general. You're the one who has invented this whole malicious thing that you think I have going against Nicolas Cage. What, what do you think about Nick Cage movies in general? I liked Face Off. I love Face Off. It's a great movie. That's Face. Very. I, I don't understand how people don't like Face Off. I don't either. No, I've met a lot of people that hate on Face Off, and I'm like, what? I've seen a lot of critics hate on Face Off, and I'm like, what's your problem? It was a great movie of the 90s. My favorite John Woo film, with apologies to Hard Boil, but Face Off. Uh-huh. What's your favorite Nick Cage movie? I, see, I like Nick Cage a lot. I can tell. No, no. I think, like, you know, he picks a lot of strange roles, but I think he picks them because that's the kind of movies he likes. So I imagine Nick Cage is a guy that picks movies on like, okay, would I watch this? Because he seems to be like really obsessive into film. He's like a real big comic book geek. Mm-hmm. So just the fact that he's passionate about you know all these things, some of them incredibly stupid sometimes, I give him points for that. Did you see The Family Guy? Yes. It was and okay. It was okay. I did not see that movie. When, it, when I saw the trailer, I thought, oh, this might be something I'll see when it comes out on DVD. Then why are we talking about it? I'm getting there. <laughs> but I feel like a lot of people who I know saw the movie were like, I really like The Family Man. That was a good Nick Cage movie, unlike all of these other things that he's done. These are also the same people, I think, who don't like Face Off. No, he's got Face Off. He's yeah. got um, Adaptation, which I know both of us loved. With Meryl Streep and uh, Chris Cooper. Question mark? Wow. You've got the memory of a... Wolfish? 
<laughs> Goldfish. Yes. Exactly. The one where he played the two writers. You remember? No. Brothers, twins. No. And, oh, never mind. Okay. What else did he do? Uh, what else? Have, what else have we seen? Oh, Raising Arizona is like my, one of my favorite movies of all time. Okay. Which, by the way, was kind of the the um, impetus to start this podcast because I took Chrissy, Chrissy and I went to a new Beverly double feature of Evil Dead Two and Raising Arizona. Definitely fell asleep during that, kids. No, <laughs> you didn't. Yes, I did. Oh, yes, I did. I'm just going to leave you home to sleep from now on, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> you said that and I was like, is he really? Wow, I really must have had him fooled if he doesn't know that I fell asleep during both of those movies. <laughs> okay, so how would you explain Drive Angry in like 30 seconds to someone who's had heard nothing about it? Okay, are you going to like time me or say go? or Go. No, you can't do it that quick. You have to like Sorry, give me started. 30 seconds, go. No, it has not. Okay. I refuse. Ready, set, yes. go. Drive Angry is a movie about a man who came back from the dead because he accidentally, not accidentally, he actually probably got purposely into a fight and got killed. But his 16-year-old daughter at the time was like, crap, my dad is dead. Now I'm going to rebel by joining a cult. So she joined a cult. And then she had a, a baby and the cult leader was like satanic. And he said, I'm going to take this baby. And she was like, no, please don't do it. I'm going to do something really bad to your private parts. And then she did. And so he killed her. And then he took her femur bone and he you know, kept around like a cane and then Nick Cage came back from the dead and was like, give me the baby. No, it's not for 30 seconds yet. And then he keeps trying to get the baby, but he has a lot of roadblocks that people don't, with guns and, yeah, don't tell and cars that's and Amber Heard helps him. That's a pretty good setup. There you go. <laughs> Overall, what did you, so what did you think of the movie? You said you were surprised. I was surprised because, um, it was kookier than I thought it would be. And I'm all about the kook. Mm-hmm. I really genuinely thought it was just going to be fighting, fast cars, hot women, some booze, and the South. It was all of that, but it also had its moments where I was genuinely surprised by either the dialogue or by the characters or perhaps both. Nice. The, my, the best by far character in the entire movie is uh, this guy who is only known as the accountant. Dude, that's what I was about to say. He was my favorite part of the movie. Oh, by far. William Fickner plays this guy who's like the accountant who seems like he's kind of like an angel of death but he is so good in this man so good like if if i know him from like prison break lately but i'll always remember him as the guy who played um the guy who tried to sell amway to scott wolf and, and jay moore and go which you've never seen nope but if anyone's ever seen go there you'll be reminded of the naked guy who made Jay Moore really uncomfortable and go and, like, try to sell him some um, Amway. He's been in other movies, too. He looked very familiar. He's a quintessential that guy. He was um, the guy in the bank um, at the beginning of The Dark Knight. Remember the, like, the bank manager that pulls out the shotgun? Oh, yeah. No, but he's been anyway, in other people, things, too, more memorably. No, no, people, a lot of people have seen that movie, so. Yes. Anyway, he's really good in this movie. Like, really, he's got a lot of, like, one-liners that are like zingers pretty much. Yes, but his delivery of them is golden. It's not just the words on paper. It's the way that they come out of his mouth. It's his mannerisms. It's it's the it's everything. It's And he wears like this crisp suit the whole time. Yes, and and the way he walks and 
at first you don't know, you know, that maybe he's perhaps an angel of death or Mr. Death or something. You just know that he's he's different and a little weird. And the way he's trying to find Nick Cage is by smelling. Not like a dog would, you know, where you're like, in like smelling corners and stuff like that. But like, he'll just walk onto the scene and go, he was here, traveling lightly, probably on foot. Have he you was, seen a 6-1 band? But he was obviously meant to be his, be a bad guy, but like... Halfway through the movie, you're thinking, "Okay, this guy's pretty cool. <laughs> like, I don't want him to. Die. I don't want him to die either." Well, at first, you don't know. I don't want him to go back to hell. You don't really know. Well, you don't know. I what. want him to stalk Nicolas Cage forever in the yes. whole movie. You don't really know what his role is. You, you're like, is he good? Is he bad? Everything is blurry in this movie, especially in the first half. It, it's it's like a Monet painting underwater. You don't know if Nick Cage is fighting the good fight or if he's kind of actually one of the bad guys and the other guys are somehow the good guys and the tables have been turned. And so yeah, you, you, don't, did, you don't know who to root for. You had no idea what was going on. I had no clue. I think you were like spacing out during the first minute of the movie because they, the way they explain everything that's going on is kind of just like, okay, this happens and this happens. Go. And you're like, what? You know, actually, it's funny that you bring that up. Well, it's funny that you bring that up. Why did he break out of that prison? Well, wait, because... Why was that prison so smoky and red? No, I saw that first thing where... All right, here's the deal. I'm going to be honest. It was really... It's like stop motion. I'm going to be totally honest. Uh Uh-huh. It's not that I blacked out or, like, wasn't paying attention. I saw that opening. The opening of the movie is um, very red and black as far as the color scheme is concerned. It has a hellish look to it, but it's not completely obvious. And I know there was dialogue and voiceover going on, but I was fixated on the car that was going down that like long path. And I was like, is it supposed to look like a model little te- toy car? Because that's exactly what it looks like. Did the filmmakers not realize that it looks like a, like a Hot Wheels set? It looks like a Hot Wheels set. What's going on? See, this is why... Does this really take place in, like, some sort of dungeon? This is is why you ask so many questions throughout a movie, because you go in these, like, (laughs) five-minute black holes of Chrissy, where you're asking yourself all these questions in your head, and then you come back to me, and you're like, what happened here? I'm like, well, it just happened. That's the plot. (laughs) Lots of things happening. You have to pay attention. And then you go back into, like... What's well, a plot? It's in your head. No, no, okay. you're absolutely right. It, it's not that I'm not paying attention. It's that I get fixated on one thing, and, there, and then I miss six more things. So, yeah, that's kind of what happened. And then all of a sudden... It's kind of like memento, but forwards. And then here's what happened. So after I, I was fixated on like the fact that it looked like a total toy model set, they switched into it being, you know, like the real life South, and it was, you know, filmed in real time, and I went... Oh, okay, we can just forget about that part. I guess it doesn't take place in a dungeon. <laughs> I started paying attention from there on out. So, yes, I totally, completely missed the fact that this had something to do with hell. And I'm going to have to start having like a talk before movies with your inner Chrissy saying, okay, inner Chrissy, I know that you want to ask questions of, you know, regular Chrissy, but please... She has to watch the movie and understand what's going on. You can't keep asking her questions intermittently throughout the movie. Okay. And she'll be like, why? I really would like to take Adderall one day. If any of you have any Adderall that you would like to give up to me. Don't solicit drugs through the podcast. No, you know why? All five of you, if you could figure out a way to. To get me some Adderall. (laughs) 
I, that, I think it would be a great litmus test to see if perhaps Justin has been corrected the, over these past few Don't years. Don't do drugs, kids. Go to your doctor. Let them uh, diagnose prescribe, you. diagnose and prescribe you the correct. Oh, forget about it. I just want one. <laughs> just one. Just one little Adderall. One to get me by. Just asking. What was that one movie where they were um, they were cutting Adderall and sniffing it and you're like, what are they doing? Oh, yeah, you're right. What's that? You acted like, you're like that, what's that blast from the past movie with Brendan Fraser where he comes, out, he comes out of the shelter? He's like, oh, my star's a Negro. That's sort of like you. You're like, what are they doing with their noses and the drugs and stuff? And I was like, well, he's sniffing it. I know. And I was like, but wait a minute, didn't it? Start out as a pill, and you were like, "Yes, they they made it into a fine powder so they could sniff it." And I was like, "Why? It's already a pill. Can't they just take it?" I mean, really though, it's like, not like it's in plant form where you have to do something like, to it. Who's this 1950s pod person? Where's my wife? <laughs> Why does she know about these things? No, but really though, let's revisit that for a second. If a drug is in pill form, can't you just take the pill as a why? What's the point of crushing it up and snorting it? Or sticking up your butt? That's what this is the argument I had with suppositories. It's like, can I just you know take it like a regular pill? Okay, all right. <laughs> I try to stop it as immediately as possible with a suppository drop reference. So. Okay, back to Drive Angie. <laughs> back to this movie. Uh, let's talk about like one of my favorite parts about the movie. And I was kind of thinking I was going to be alone on this, but right after we finished watching this movie, Chrissy dropped a bomb. I did? Yeah. What did I say? What did you say about Amber Heard, who plays the uh, main female protagonist? Okay. Yeah? I want you to know I was thinking all day today about how I was going to present this to you guys, our loyal five podcast listeners. And the reason I was thinking about it is because I was like, "Mm, how do I make it so this this doesn't seem unseemly? I don't really know how, so I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I have a girl crush on Amber Heard, and the problem is not just that I married, but that I can't be a lesbian. And then when she said this to me, I said, well, I don't know if you've heard, but Amber Heard... Lesbian, and I was like, "Really?" Who recently came out like a couple months ago? And then this—I can't believe I actually and said the, this. And then the stars align, and Chrissy <laughs> is bathed in light. Amber Heard across from her, bathed in similar light. They run towards each other, lesbians in heat. This is oh, apparently Justin has a fantasy going. <laughs> but I think the best part was that after he told me that Amber Heard was a lesbian. My reaction was not like, oh, that's interesting, or, oh, okay. It was, she would never like me. <laughs> she would never go out with me. And that's, that's when I went for the high five. <laughs> you did. You were like, high five, Chris. Lesbian high five. <laughs> I just, I can't, you know, I can't do let's, it. Let's talk about her in this movie, though. Okay. Because, you know, she was a star, but also star in this movie. She wore some surprising Daisy Duke shorts, man. She's got great legs. Daisy Dukes. Pulling off the Daisy Dukes. Not every uh, female can pull off the Daisy Dukes. Well, no, because 95% of us have cellulite and hips and thighs. So, yeah, that doesn't work out. And But at least some of us are smart enough to not try. I've seen women who 
should definitely not be wearing shorts, and they do sometimes, and you're like, oh, honey child, mm-mm, bad idea. Ever heard, good idea. She played like a ball kicker pretty much, man. She was kind of... Buster? Ball buster? Or kick. Okay. <laughs> a ball kicker? Yes? Ball, you know, <laughs> Avenger. Ball accoster. There we go. Let's see how many cinemas we can think of. Why not? But you liked her in the movie. Well, right away, when you, first when she was just this waitress... This is so superficial, but I was like, I really like her hair, and I like her outfit. It's okay. If anyone's ever listened to any other episode of the podcast. <laughs> they know I'm superficial. Thanks, Justin. Small things, like a person's hairstyle will totally, you know. Make me like their character. No, the whole movie. No. Exactly. No. Anyway, um, but then when she basically told her uh, unseemly boss where to hang it, except she did it quite literally... I was like, all right, now I really like this girl. Not only is she cute, but she's also got some some substance and some chutzpah. And boy, did she have chutzpah. She might have had balls underneath. You know, I might not be a lesbian for liking her. Like, she may have some balls under those Daisy Dukes, in which case I like a guy in drag. There were no balls. (laughs) You checked? (laughs) Should I be worried? Yes. Okay. Due to the 3D nature of the film, I could check for the balls. You mean 3D? You know what? For being a 3D movie, it didn't really have a lot of 3D features. Like, you could have seen this in regular 2D and it would have been fine. That's true. Which I was kind of, uh, I was surprised by. Because I think these are the same guys that made this, uh, are the same ones that did the My Bloody Valentine in 3D that you didn't see. Nope. Which was very, very good in 3D. Okay. You wouldn't have liked it, though. No. Anyway. I back, to, back to Amber Heard. Excellent. She was great. <laughs> back to Amber Heard. Yes. Yeah, anytime your wife is like, you know, like, expect her to say, that damn Amber Heard, it was like, I'm attracted to Amber Heard. <laughs> I hope I didn't say it like a drunken truck driver. I think she's hot. Yeah, I did. I have a girl crush on her. And that's when you hear, like, you know, yeah. I totally said it in the Valley Girl accent to like, you know, sat back in my little stadium seat, crossed my legs and went, I think that girl is hot. Amber Heard was in a movie a couple years ago called The Informers, which was like an 80s uh, superficial, like, L.A. people on drugs and type of movie. But she was like naked during 75% of the movie. Cool. Showed you a scene. You did show me a scene. Thumbs up, thumbs down. I didn't get much substance from the scene. I didn't understand what her motive was to be naked and kind of thrashing around. Can we rewind five minutes ago to the, I loved her hair in this movie. But I did. And then I was like. You got so much substance from her hair in that one scene. No, and even in the clip you showed me where she was naked and weird thrashing. I said, she's got good hair. Well, maybe that's just it. Maybe you just like her because she has good hair. If she she's had, got pretty eyes, too. What if she had, like, Melissa Leo in the fighter hair? You wouldn't be as... No. The attraction wouldn't be there. <laughs> Sorry about that, Amber Heard. No. That was like a Sarah... It's like a Palin voice. You just did. <laughs> the attraction wouldn't be there. <laughs> oh, 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 no. no. You gotta have the hair just right. <laughs> <laughs> I could see Russia from my house. 
Sarah Payne, what do you think of uh, Amber Heard in uh, Drive Angry? Well, you know, that Amber Heard, she's she's very good looking. <laughs> Sorry, I'm laughing too hard. <laughs> Can't even sell it, man. How are we going to last on Saturday Night Live if you keep laughing, Jimmy Fallon? Okay, I'm not. I won't pull a Fallon. Go ahead. Ask me something. Sarah Palin, what did you think about um, Nicolas Cage and his uh, hairstyle throughout the movie of Drive Angry? Oh, I was thinking, you know, he could borrow my brush. It's in my purse. We hockey moms, we carry everything with us like brushes and lipstick and Amber Heard. She's in my Whoa. purse. You carry Amber Heard in your purse? No, I was just kidding. That was a hacky mom joke. <laughs> oh, oh, Sarah, uh, Miss Palin, I'm going to have to bring you back for uh, the review of The Rock in a little bit. Oh, you know, I have a rock on my hand. Have you seen? People say it looks like a house. And I can see Russia from it. <laughs> okay, wow. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah, it was okay. I haven't heard her talk in a while, thank God, so... I like to judge uh, Nicolas Cage movies by um, the, the hairpiece that uh, Nicolas Cage wears. What the hell was wrong with his hair in this one? It had a lot, It was like a character of its own. It was. That is his face, which went through some brutal things throughout the movie. Yeah. Nic- Nicolas Cage like, has seen better days. <laughs> he started reminding me of, like, Jason Voorhees or Michael Myers in the middle. I'm like, they're really, like, taking it to his face. Poor guy. You're, Jason, that was actually a really good analogy. Yeah. I could totally see it. Just put the mask on in front and it'd be the same person. Which I guess, you know, he wasn't, I guess he was like my second or third favorite character in this. Like he kind of had like a... Nick Cage was? He wasn't a very uh, dynamic character. He's just like, he had to get the baby back. Yeah. Which is a common occurrence in many Nicolas Cage... Like I heard, they I just took my daughter. I just heard today that he's do, he's allegedly doing another movie soon with Malin Ackerman, your friend Malin, where it's called Medallions, and apparently someone else has stole his daughter or his baby's daughter or something. And he's got to find him. P.S. People, I'm really not friends with Malin Ackerman. <laughs> I just you know just just take it. You you passed her in the hall. She you're she to, you're BFF. She might have you know. Enjoyed my company once, or I might have enjoyed my <laughs> company once. No, that was <laughs> Amber Heard. That was Amber Heard. You wish. Uh, but we're not BFFs. Wow, that happened. So, anyway, Nicholas Cage, you know, he should team up with Liam Neeson and they should hunt down their family members that, that are missing. Liam Neeson, what has he been in recently? Uh, he's in that new movie, Unknown, with January Jones. Oh, so, yeah. January Jones. There's an actress who's pretty, but totally boring. I find her boring. She, I mean, she's kind of boring. Yeah. She bombed on Saturday Night Live. She did, and people thought she did a good job. No, people thought she bombed. Some people thought she bombed. Other people were like, oh, that's January Jones. She's just really pretty, and she's such a good actress, and I really like her comedy skills. Yep. <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> I was Canadian there towards the end. I don't know what happened. Um, but, yeah, Drive Angry is pretty good, man. It, it's it's kind of like between good and great. It's no, like, it's not. It's between okay and good. Okay. Well, then if you average R2 out, it's kind of good. So Here's the here's the deal. Obviously, I enjoyed it more. It's like a midnight like drive-in movie, pretty much. Okay, I'll, I'll buy that. Yeah, I enjoyed it more than I could, thought I would. You could pair this movie with Drag Me to Hell, 
great double feature. Yeah. You like Drag Me Now, right? Yeah, it was okay. This was better than that. You fell asleep during that, too. No, I didn't. Okay. The problem with uh, this particular movie, I don't really like the way that the writer writes and the way the director and producers treat women in it. Well. Yeah, because... Because they're often naked? No. And in a... Compromising position? I was about to say an RV. There's a lot of, like... That, too. There's a big fight in an RV in this movie, which is... It's always good to get... You know, RVs, their attention. There is. I just feel like they decided to really ride the the um, horror virgin pendulum, like, you know, well, the, a lot. One of the chief antagonists is the leader of a, like, a redneck cult, pretty much. Yes. Yeah. So there's a lot of uh, dirty, like, hippie rednecks. Yeah. And I girls that just walk around naked for some reason. Yeah, well, there's that. And you never see any of the men walking around naked. So it's kind of, it's just not. I'm, Who would want to see that? Well, I'm not saying I do. I'm just saying it's not fair. It's not equal opportunity. If you're going to portray some sort of weird satanic hippie cult, I think they should either all be clothed or all be naked. Well, it's, it doesn't even count because the girls are like methy and stuff. Right. They're gross. That's true. But like all of the women in this movie have some sort of horror element to them. They do. And the one woman who doesn't have a horror element who has a virginal element to her is a total spineless jellyfish. Who are we talking about? The baby's uh, nurse. Oh. Uh, but then we have Amber Heard who is a ball buster, ball kicker, ball attacker, ball... Yes, but she's not very smart. Nobody is... None of the women are smart in this movie. No, they're... I don't know. I just don't you're like really too much into No, this. they were expendable. And it... Well, that's... You know, it's... It's a guy's movie. I get it, but... It's, but, it but, was like, I, but, uh, but I think you're, ser- you're selling Amber Heard short, you know? I am? Yeah. she Like I said, she like kicks ass throughout the movie pretty yeah. much. Yeah, she does. And you usually don't have a character like that in a movie like this. Usually it's this, the girl that's along for the ride and she kind of gets in the way, you know? That's true. But there were times in, that she got in the way. But the thing is, you kept expecting her to have a relationship with Nicolas Cage where it ended up being more like a like a dad Probably like daughter. yeah that thing which I was surprised I thought it was totally going to go the other way so yeah no I agree with you it, it had its strong points I just think I, I, I just, it didn't go like totally as I thought it would was going to go so sure I guess I just get sick of the formula of guy movies of huh, hot chick huh, beers huh, guns. Cars, shoot out. You see, but that was Nicholas Cage during this movie. He was my granddaughter, my granddaughter, my granddaughter. He was just like set like a missile. He was, but he was also like set in that missile mode when he was doing some <laughs> special things that I can't talk about on the podcast <laughs> with certain women. Yes, this we get. 30 minutes in to say that there's a sex scene slash shootout in this movie. So I could have killed that woman that he was with too, because she was like, Oh yeah, I'm so into it. This is amazing. Oh my God. Yeah. You shoot that guy. Yeah. You just keep doing it because I like the way it feels. Yeah. You blew his head off. And then the second it was all over, she like freaked out. It was like, Oh, you killed everybody. Her, her ears would have been busted. Like she would, she was like, 
she didn't even know anything was really going on until halfway through for some reason. And you're like, okay, her ears would have been busted. She would have hightailed it out of there. Well, but yeah. it ends up being like some acrobatic. It was ridiculous. <laughs> it was just ridiculous. It was hyper real. So what would be your final grade for Drive Angry? C plus. C plus? Mm-hmm. And you? I would probably like C plus. That's probably it. Really? Because you said before it was between good and very good. Yeah, good is like a C. No. Mm. C minus B plus. Yeah. Like I said, it's like a midnight like a like a midnight drive in movie. Okay. Seems like a C plus is more in line with my thinking, which is <laughs> between up. okay and very good. I don't good. even like giving grades, so you're lucky that I said anything. Oh I'm lucky. <laughs> Thanks, Justin. I'm going to dog tooth this movie and I want you to know those of us uh, who listened to the podcast last week will know that we talked about this movie dog tooth ever since I saw that movie every time I see dandelions I'm like zombies every single time hi zombies (laughs) you're so cute unfortunately dog tooth didn't win um, foreign film award at the Oscars this year that was so disappointing yeah. What well, the Oscars you... in general, I think, were kind of disappointing. You were disappointed? I, you know who I was most disappointed with? Who? Franco. Well, you and millions of people, apparently. Well, the reason I'm disappointed with him is just because I, I really genuinely like him. Uh-huh. And I, so because I like him so much, I expected more than I got. Okay. I feel like he rode on Anne's coattails for a lot of it, and Anne carried the show. What did he do? What did he do? I don't know. He he either looked constipated or very squinty. He was like Captain McSquinty. For, well, a lot, for a lot of people of think that he was, you know, smoking out backstage or having some brownies. Everything I've seen him in, he says he doesn't smoke weed. Brownies? Does he, he doesn't smoke brownies? I don't know. He, if he, smoke, brownies. He, he, doesn't, he doesn't come out pro or con against smoking brownies. You have the brownie. Can't you just eat it? Why do you have to chop it up and snort it? But dude, he's got like, he like does everything. I don't know how he could be a stoner. He like has like four degrees and he teaches a class and he's got his own like documentary coming out and he's writing and directing. He's like Superman. Well, I've known people who are quite intelligent and Superman-like, but they still really like their green leaves. Well, there you go. So, you know. Did you think he was high? Is that what was it you're saying? He might have been. He just seemed like he was very focused on, like, tweeting about it, about hosting the Oscars, as opposed to actually hosting the Oscars. And then he, on the other end of the spectrum, you had Anne Hathaway, who I usually like, but I thought she was very... Um, the most enthusiastic cheerleader. Anne Hathaway is a people pleaser. I understand this quality because I myself possess it. But she was showing too many of her cards like way too early. And she just, number one, the audio engineer didn't do her any favors by not cutting her audio whenever she would toss to someone because she was always going, a lot of woo woos. And you know, she only has to do that once, and then you you tell your audio engineer, okay, can we just cut the audio or just lower the audio a little bit on Anne when we go? Because she was just wooing everything. Yeah, like, it was like like even the memorial, even the memorial, no, like a sad, <laughs> just too many woo woos from her. That you was know? a special needs woo woo. 
Yeah, she was very. Um, she was enthusiastic. You know, over enthusiastic cheerleader or, or theater, you know, like she was, she was playing, uh, like it was a, uh, a stadium instead of like a small theater. It wasn't a small theater. Or if you saw there were so many people up at those rafters, I think she was just genuinely excited and that she is such a charismatic person that her enthusiasm bubbled over. Okay. I like her. I, I like, like her even more after this. I like her too. I'm just saying she a little less woo woo. Well, the wooing was a little bit much, I have to say. A little less woo woo, <laughs> and we'd all be a little better off. But it seems like, I mean, have you ever remembered an Oscar where afterwards people were like, you know what? I love the Oscars this year. Not a lot of people. Usually someone has something to say, you know, negatively about it. Have you read Roger Ebert's review yet? No. I haven't read anyone's review yet. Oh, okay. But I did, I read a news story about how the number, the top Twitter thing was James Franco and how much he sucked. I don't want to say he sucked. I mean, I he was very, I just thought the whole thing as a whole was perplexing. There was like lots of choices where I was like, uh, okay. Like the random movies that they, like they had the going with the wind thing at the beginning and then yeah. they had the Titanic thing in the middle, and you're like... I was fine with that. You just... Because that's your favorite movie. But the, there were several different movies where you're like, what? Okay. I mean, what's the whole context of dropping that in? Yeah. And then and then they did not say Corey Haim's name during the People memorial. freaked out about that on Twitter. They were like, Corey Haim, this is an injustice. And um, some people were like, hey, he's trending on Twitter. That's better than being mentioned in, in memoriam at the Oscars. So, yeah, somebody said that. So... <laughs> Did somebody tweet this? Yes. Swear to God. Oh, so, wow. I know. Um, there was that oversight, if we can even call it that. But um, I feel like the pre-taped segments were pretty good. There was certainly some randomness, because they tr- kept trying to hit home the point that this was the young, hip Oscars. And then they brought on Kirk Douglas and then Celine Dion. Do you know what? What? I know you were... I am not alone. People <laughs> felt the same as me. It was kind of touch and go there for a while, but I thought it was good. I thought, I mean, the guy's like, what, 94, 90? He's in his 90s. He's old. You know, props are even making it to the Oscars. Most people would, you know, watch it at home, but he was like, I'm going to go and I'm going to have my moment and I'm going to say that, you know, I'm enjoying this moment and I'm going to be the crotchety old man who makes the supporting actresses wait to hear their name. Like, I'm really going to draw oh, this fantastic. out. fantastic. I agree. I loved that. That being said, I'm going to quote two separate friends I have on Facebook, and I'm not going to name them in case they don't want to take credit for this, but two separate unrelated friends said the following. I felt like I was watching ABC New Year's Eve all over again. Now you're going to bring him into this. Nope. Just said that. That's all I'm saying. And I'm not even necessarily saying I agree. I'm quoting. I am quoting. I refuse to bring in stroke-related humor into this podcast. People with strokes are <laughs> can be cool in their own right. They are. People do. Oh, my God. I feel like I can say that because my grandmother has had two strokes that I know of. I think she had some minor ones, too, that she didn't go to the hospital for. I think you would have said it regardless. <laughs> but you know what I was upset with? What? I was upset with Melissa Leah because she kind of like stole Kirk Douglas's cane and like walked off with it as he was like 
figuring out where to go. You weren't upset with her dropping the F-bomb? Whatever. They they had a seven-second delay on that anyway. I know. I, I was kind of weirded out by the fact that she had to name every single person she had ever met in her life. So did... Like, um, she's like, I, I would like to thank the guy who parked my car. So did Natalie Portman. I would like to thank... The person that I just met in the bathroom. Actually, I thought that was quite charming because it, it came right down to thanking the little people. And that segued into Natalie Portman. She not only thanked the little people, she remembered their first and last names of, you know, her, not just her makeup artist who, who she sees on a regular basis. She better. She should have been practicing that stuff months ago. We knew. We called it. She she was going to win. True. But that's still pretty cool that you could remember the first and last names of people who were... Let's face it, much lower on the totem pole than, you know, your director and your producers and agent. Were you surprised by any of the wins or losses? Um, a little bit. I didn't really know, because I hadn't been paying too much attention to pre-Oscar buzz, that uh, The King's Speech was the heavy favorite to win for Best Picture. I thought it would be The Social Network, even though, strangely, they have not been um, in accordance, the Oscars, that is, with the Golden Globes for several years now. I still felt like it would go to The Social Network, so that was a little bit surprising, but that's it. Number one, it's, you know, an award show where the people that vote are voting are a small, relatively small group of people. Mm-hmm. Number two, they skew very old, so, you know, they love the crotchety, you know, British film I'm sure it's not crotchety. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it either, and I'm not saying that to be, uh, you know, mean about it or something. I'm to just be sa- young and hip and I'm saying it, it's, it's not the social network. It's the old people's movie, man. I'm excited to see it, though. So, um, cool. Should we go? We should move on to another movie. Yes. That was our little Oscar hiatus. It was our Nicolas Cage double feature. What was the second movie in our Nicolas Cage double feature? Which you had the never rock. seen before. The Rock. Rock. How have you never seen The Rock? It came out in, I want to say, 1996. Mm -hmm. And again, I think this is one of those that when I saw trailers for it or previews, I was like, eh, guy flick. I cared much more about Jerry Maguire, Romeo and Juliet, Titanic, all those things. But you liked, like, uh, Independence Day. Yeah, I loved Independence Day. You liked Armageddon, right? I didn't see Armageddon until like 2008. But you liked it because I remember seeing you watching on TV. Yeah, but that's the, it was the same premise as to why I didn't see Armageddon back then. I presuppose. But what did you think? Did you like Armageddon? Movie. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's both. It's this Michael Bay film. I liked Armageddon more than I liked this. Okay. Well, what did you think about The Rock seeing it in 2011 for the first time? Michael Bay has a bad habit of fixating on certain things and not tying strings together. I know that sentence didn't make a whole lot of sense, but it's kind of like a Michael Bay film. Some of it's just nonsensical. You're like, how does that happen? He's a director, not a string tire. But shouldn't your movie be a little more sensical in that you should be able to connect the string from point A to point B? Explain. Okay, so in the beginning, everything makes sense as to, you know, what who Nick Cage is, what his role is, and, you know, why he is learning how to defuse chemical bombs. From there on out, it kind of unravels to me, for me, as far as, you know, how these new bombs that he, it's no longer test mission, but the one where he actually has to defuse them before they get blown up in San Francisco, like, how they work, what they're all about. I understand why they're being used, but that's all I understand is why they're being used. I don't understand anything about the technical makeup of it. But you saw the scene where the guy got caught in one of the 
things burst and he kind of like right which makes it all the more nonsensical nerve, nerve gas roasted yeah which makes it all the more nonsensical later on when Nick Cage puts one in his pocket and then has a great fight scene with what with the guy who looks like Steve Zahn but since he wasn't we called him not Steve Zahn I mean, he's fighting with not Steve's on, and he's got like what essentially amounts to like a poisonous water balloon in his pocket. You're all about the rules and like logic, even when it's like a like a, a sci-fi movie. No, or... and that's just it, and that's what really pissed me off. I liked the movie, but that's what pisses me off about Michael Bay movies. Like that's what he does. Mm-hmm. He doesn't care about um, logic. He's like leap over it, fight scene, blow things up. Okay. Angles. All right. He's big on angles. He likes, you know, people running next to flags. Okay. Here's the thing about his angles. Artistically, um, I enjoy them from, you know, like a photography sort of standpoint. There, he does have very interesting filming angles, especially during action sequences. But they do very little for the storytelling. It's hard to tell... If somebody is above or below, you know, their, um, their counterpoint, you can't tell placement. Like, I'm trying to make sense of everything on a plane. You, you just described Transformers 2. You need to watch Transformers 2 then. Uh, why? It's just going to confuse me and bother me. It's annoying. It's, it, it's like that with, still photographs. It's, it's like that, but with robots. Like, okay, which robot's fighting now and which other robot is fighting? Yeah, and I usually don't have that sense in movies. And I know we joke a lot of time about me falling asleep and being an old woman and, you know, spacing out for a second here and there. I witnessed you space out one time, I know, uh, during The Rock. That that might very well be. But I'm talking specifically about action sequences. And you, I mean, you admitted it yourself just now by alluding to Transformers 2. I'm not crazy when I say that. No, I'm just saying that this is... you could definitely follow most of what goes on this movie, but Michael Bay, like you're describing, is like Transformers Two. Yes. 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 That's not this movie, though. No, I was. No, I fully was able to follow like the plot and the who, what, where, and why things were happening. There, are, but according to you, there are some scenes where you just couldn't follow the action. It, specifically in the action sequences, it, and I felt very much like it was due to his filming angles and the quick snaps to you know. Uh, you know, one guy doing one thing and the next guy doing the other thing. We were like, how did he get above? Wait, I thought he was in the cart. How did Sean Connery get in the cart? And you're not knowledgeable of the inner workings of Alcatraz Island, apparently. Evidently. <laughs> Neither am I. Right. But I've seen this movie, and so I actually have never been on Alcatraz Island, but I imagine if I went there that it would be like a um, a pipe wonderland like it's weird like this movie makes it look really strange and like fire and it's not how you imagine Alcatraz to be at all (laughs) whatsoever I mean they could have just filmed this in bringing back to the dungeon like the dungeon from the beginning of Drive Angry and I would have been like yep that's the same place okay here's what works for me The Rock is probably my favorite Michael Bay film why? huh? why? because A the three main actors, Nicolas Cage, who's at his, like, wacky, like, intellectual, weird guy, action mode. Sean Connery, who doesn't even act now. He's pretty much given up acting. He's just Sean Connery. And he is great in this role. He's, like, really great. And then Ed Harris, who plays a bad guy, who's, you know, got a lot of gray in him, you know? I he's, love Ed Harris. He's got a lot of gray in this movie, and he's he's a formidable, you know... Opponent? Opponent. Yeah. 
And then it's got not Steve Zahn. <laughs> it's what Chrissy calls him. Not Steve Zahn, yes. And uh, Candyman, who, you know, he's scary in his own right. He's like, Helen, <laughs> come to Alcatraz Island, Helen. <laughs> I've got I've got the bomb with the water balloons. Chrissy's <laughs> like, those just look like water balloons. They did. Or, or like We're talking those... about the bomb with like the little, I call them the bath beads. I call them the bath bead rockets. Yeah, or like neon shoot, orbs. Shoot the bath bead rockets. Cover San Francisco with bath beads. I thought they looked like another four letter word beads. I'm not going to say what. But not bath beads. Anal beads. <laughs> it could be. I will never tell because I'm a lady. Let's just, let's just assume they're bath beads. So. What kind uh, of bath beads? <laughs> bath and Body Works bath beads. Like with the soap that you just like throw in the water and they make the water smell good. Those are bombs. <laughs> Bombs? Yeah, bath bombs. Bath bombs? Yeah. That's... It's like, a, it's like a ball that you put in the water and it fizzes up and it makes it like, not like a bubble bath, but like a fizzy bath and, there, you know, sometimes it even has like Epsom salt in it to relax your muscles. But they disintegrate. What do you have to be all violent and call them bombs for? Maybe this movie was inspiration for the invention of bath bombs. I don't think so. I think bath beads, whoa, existed before 1996. Are you sure about that? Anal I don't know. beads existed before 1996. <laughs> let, me jump, let me jump into my DeLorean so I can go <laughs> Encyclopedia Brown this out. Oh my god, I love it. Be a little junior detective. Okay, so... Uh, Back so, to The Rock. So wait, so you, you did it. What did you think about Sean Connery? Sean Connery was how many, great. How many Sean Connery movies have you seen in your I lifetime? I don't know. Not a lot, right? This might have been the first. No, you... Uh, oh wait, you haven't seen it yet. What? Well, he's, he's um, Indiana Jones' dad in the third uh, Indiana oh. Jones movie, which you haven't seen yet. But we nope. Will... Name some other things he was in. Real fast. Well, of course he played, you know, James Bond in several movies. Nope. You didn't see this. No. I only saw Pierce Brosnan. So wait, so you can't think of one Sean Connery movie? No. If you want to start naming things, I'll tell you whether or not I've seen them. Ugh, th- that always goes awry. <laughs> you never are able to... No, but it's kind of fun. Okay, well, tell me what you thought about him in this movie. Okay. Well, right away I was like, is he creepy? Is he a hippie? Is he a creepy hippie? No, he's British. He could be all three. And I think actually he kind of was. He was like a creepy, hippie, British guy. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Why was he a hippie? Because he had long hair in the beginning? That. And he was like... F this. I don't want to fight. I just want to leave the island and be free and be with my daughter. Well, dude, my, uh, his peace. character in the movie had been he'd been in the rock for years and years and years. Yeah. Our government had stuck him in there because he had, you know, the location of the microfiche. The microfilm. I, and it's funny because I, I didn't even stuff. understand that that's what they were looking for. I mean, I knew that it was more you, about... You were asking inner Chrissy questions during that portion of the movie? No, I was, I was like, wait a second. So they agree with me that JFK was assassinated by our own government. That's what I thought. They agree with me and no one else. <laughs> I never heard this theory. No, you don't understand. I grew up and in every history class I ever had, I said, I think this is what happened to JFK. And they were like, you're crazy. We shouldn't be talking about that kind of stuff on this podcast. 
all of a sudden we'll get like a, a blow dart in the side of our head or something. What's not going <laughs> to come through the, gla- okay. the glass? Think, it's 2011. Don't you think they got something better than like a, something, a pebble through a straw? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Let's go back to Sean Connery. Okay. Why don't we? So what movies has he been in, Justin? Since you've been trying to look it up in the meantime while we've been discussing. Really? Um, you've never seen the James Bond movies with him in it? No. Um, have you seen, uh... Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I know you haven't seen Highlander, because we talked about that, watching that. No. The Untouchables? No. Presidio? No. Family Business? No. Home for October? Might have. Oh, he was in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves for like 30 seconds at the end. Remember that? Nope. Hello, Robin of Loxley. I'm Sean Connery, and I came to your movie at the very end. No, I saw Robin Hood Men in Tights. Medicine Man? No. Rising Sun? No. Just Calls? No. First Night, Dragonheart? No. The Avengers? No. Finding Forrester, Entrapment? I saw Finding Forrester on a plane. Hi-o! That's the one with the kid who plays basketball, right? Wow, you've seen one Sean Connery, <laughs> two now. Yes. Was this, so wait, pray tell. Oh, dear. Is this your, now your favorite Sean Connery movie? No, I prefer Finding Forrester. What? <laughs> <laughs> I've come to Sean Connery's defense. No, I, I prefer his... Prefer- Fight for your honor, I will be... <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> I'm pulling out some Peter Cetera. I was like, is this the Karate Kid all over again? Oh, um, wow, that's so sad. the melody, though. <laughs> I was like, what? Okay, here's the deal. So you don't have to talk about Finding Forrester. No, okay. I'm not. I'm going to let you know. But I understand that you like it more than The Rock. No, listen. I prefer Sean Connery's performance mm-hmm. in The Rock. Mm-hmm. I prefer Finding Forrester as a movie. Okay. Kind of because it reminds me of Aquila and the Bee, which was underrated. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> let's go to random Chrissy utterances throughout the movie. Yes. One when the movie, the the rocket started flying <laughs> with the, the the bath bombs or the bath beads or the anal beads, <laughs> whatever you, or water balloons. There could have been any of those on the rocket. Right. Whatever. They started. The grapes of wrath. Going towards San Francisco because he's like, you know what would be great if on the other end. <laughs> On the other end, the big black guy from the Green Mile, like, ate the rockets. Like, he he jumped up like he was free willy and ate the rockets. Like, he ate the the bugs in the Green Mile. Wait a minute, wait a minute. And this, that's when I looked at Chrissy, like, with constipated James Franco face, like, No, you, you did serious? not. No, you did not. You laughed really hard. And it was, like, silent laugh that you were really enjoying. And then you, you, you would, stop, stop, save it for the podcast. <laughs> That's, that was your real reaction. But you really, like, you thought, like, this would be a great idea. I can't believe the filmmakers didn't think of their ideas, this idea themselves. <laughs> okay, here was the train of thought, right? I didn't actually think of them as missiles. In fact, I didn't understand that whole part where I was like, I would have enjoyed it if he was, like, Stay Puft Man size. And he's like, his like, mouth got really big and oh. just, like, swallowed up all the rockets. Or he just ate Alcatraz Island but spit out, like, the good guys and the hostages. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. Okay. So here's, here's my, my thing. 
I didn't think of it as missiles, not even once. In fact, when you were like, well, there's an electrical you know, aspect to this, because I was like, why, are, why do the microchips matter? They still have biochemical weapons and they could throw them. They could throw them at people. That would be bad. And you were like, but they don't have rockets anymore. I was like, who cares about rockets? That's not the important part. The important part is the biochemical thing that will kill people. So if Chrissy was a terrorist, what he would, what she would do is, <laughs> is she would walk to the edge of Alcatraz Island and try to throw the anal slash bath bomb beads to the mainland. And she'd have to be some kind of like Jonathan Lipnicki at the end of Jerry Maguire to make it that far. Like you had to, you have oh. to have some arm. Like you have to go like yard. Like, Football field's distance. Like I was even thinking about when he threw the, the ball. I thought you were thinking a one, two, three swing. And I was like, like swinging over the ocean or something. One, two, three, swing! Swing! <laughs> like he just like goes, it's like, it's like something out of like a so, Looney, Looney Tune cartoon. Yeah. So when I thought of my Green Mile reference, I wasn't thinking of him eating rockets or missiles. I was thinking of him eating the anal beads or of eating the particles from inside the anal beads because somebody threw them and they burst open and or, he had to absorb the poison. Or if there were bath bombs and he just had really fresh breath. And in my head, he lived in the ocean and he came out of the ocean just like Free Willy and it was like, bah! with his mouth wide open and like he took the poisonous beads. And then you said this and then five minutes later, Candyman showed up and I was like, what if like... The guy from Green Mile was on one side, and Candyman was on the other with his beads. Not his beads. His bees. Like, <laughs> he's like, bees. <laughs> bees. He's like, they come out of his mouth, and they go at the Green Mile guy, he's like, catches them. Uh, he's like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love the, to- the random tongue action for no reason. Well, this is... Devolved into nothingness, pretty much. Derailed. I don't know. What you missed is that I like leaned back into the couch and opened my jaw like a snake. And I don't know what I did with my tongue, but apparently I did something with my tongue. You did like the um, Britney Spears, like, oh. <laughs> you mean Britney Spears by way of South Park? Yes. Yes. That is exactly what I did. So, what was your favorite scene in The Rock? Can you remember any of the scenes? Come on. Can I remember any of the scenes? What was your favorite scene? Probably towards the beginning when uh, Nick Cage is trying to dismantle the biochemical weapon that comes out of the baby that looks like it belongs at my gym. Yes. There's a doll that looks just like this doll that we use at my gym for teaching our other teachers how to spot. And it's creepy. It's a creepy looking doll. He turned into like Jack Bauer, man. Yeah. And this doll in the movie became... um, it, like, out of its mouth, it expelled some sort of poisonous gas. And granted, he was wearing, like, a suit, but it was melting his biochemical suit, and he had to figure out how to um, neutralize it in a short period of time. And I was like, he's going to do it. He's going to do it. He's going to melt. He's melting. So it was good. And from there, the movie was downhill. Ed Harris was... I can't say he was a saving grace. I can say he was, like, trying to be a saving grace because... It was, though it was a good movie, it was just an okay movie, but he elevated it. Mm-hmm. You know, here's the thing. Had I seen this in the 90s, I probably would have thought it was better than I do having seen it now. I mean, it's not like my favorite movie of all time, but it's definitely probably in my top 100. Okay. I mean, it came out when I was 16, you know? That's kind of like a sweet spot for stupid 
popcorn action movies. Sure it is. Sure it is. What if Drive Angry would have came out when you were 16? Also, I forgot to say that it's set in my one of my favorite cities in the world, San Francisco. Where we got married. We got married there and there was no bath bombs, bath beads, or anal beads falling from the sky. Although Justin brought that up during the podcast. He's like, oh, what if that would have happened? Like- I, I do not do a butthead <laughs> thing before every sentence. I'm going to... I'm going to invent something very annoying to announce your every sense. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you do. So wrong. All right. I was remiss. Let me rephrase that. <laughs> you announce every sentence with a fart from your mouth. <laughs> I hate Nicolas Cage movies. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to change your whole oh, oh, to... Okay, wait, okay. It makes me sound like someone you hate, so... My dad? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like your dad impression. No. My <laughs> <laughs> dad does Although laugh. Beavis and Butthead's coming back, guys. That's really exciting. No. Back to The Rock. Yeah. You were like... <laughs> <laughs> What if this happened while we were getting married? Dude, that's a logical thing to think when you watch this movie. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, what if it happened while we were getting married? We would be blown up. Or we would have, you know, some great bath bombs to take on our honeymoon. <laughs> We'd be like, I do manting! Candy Man shows up, he's like, I'd not pronounce you husband and wife. Yeah, that's when we melt. Like, <laughs> Michael we, Clark Duncan uh, walks in from the side and he's crying with tears of happiness. Candy man's after him going, Beesh. <laughs> and Harris is like, I've had enough. Shoot me in the face. I think your favorite character was not Steve's on. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's like, is that guy... From, the, from riding cars with girls or whatever that, whatever that movie is. Which you're very bored. And I was like, that's not Steve Zahn. You're well, like, it's not Steve Zahn. <laughs> and that was his name instantly. <laughs> well, right away I was like, hey, no, dude, it's the guy from riding in cars with boys. And you were like, no, it's not. And I was like, are you sure? It looks just like him. And then you waited for a second to see who I was talking about. And then you looked and you were like, no, it's not Steve Zahn. <laughs> I was like, okay, not Steve Zahn. You're kind of an asshole in this movie. Not Steve Zahn? What's a kind of asshole? Not Steve Zahn. Steve Zahn? Steve Ray Vaughn? Stefan. The best club in New York right now is in my pants. There's manic depressive clowns, <laughs> dogs on unicycles carrying plates, <laughs> and Michael Clint Duncan at the door eating peas. Oh, I love Stefan. Oh, me too. Wow, what happened? All right, we, <laughs> we should probably say goodbye. So, so wait, so out of Drive Angry and The Rock, you're saying you like- Out of, yes. You like Drive Angry best, or The Rock best. Which one was it? Someone had neither had seen neither. Which would you say you have to watch first? It depends on who I'm talking to. 
if you're talking, talking to a person. <laughs> if I'm talking to your mom, <laughs> I would my say, mom, my mom is not mom, down with either of these Watch movies. The Rock. If I was talking to your dad, I'd say, Dad, watch Drive Angry. What if you were just talking to some person you never met? A homeless person? <laughs> or, or, <laughs> or a person that's not homeless that you've never met. Because you, you know everyone that's not homeless, apparently. <laughs> oh, I forgot the other random utterance of you. We, we had a conversation about grenades. Because <laughs> someone threw a grenade. And Nicolas Cage. But he had ample time to throw it back, and it seemed like it was too much time. No, you're like, what's with these time-delayed grenades? <laughs> and I was like... Well, you know that all grenades are pretty much time-delayed. Like, no, you need to say it like that. You're like, as opposed to the non-time-delayed ones, like the regular delayed ones. No, non-delayed ones. Well, it's when you, like, pull the clip and it's like, <laughs> explodes <laughs> Worst instantly. time bomb ever. I didn't get to throw it. Yeah. But it just seemed like he had too much time. So that's what I imagine Chrissy being the anti-terrorist team with her... Non-timed grenades that she just like pulls out of her pockets and they explode. Yes. Nice. What were you asking me? Oh, people. And I asked what kind of people. And it was homeless people. And then you were like, don't you know anybody who was homeless or the other way around? So what kind of people? Like who? Who am I recommending? Never mind. A subway sandwich artist? Sure. Go. Drive Angry or The Rock. Drive Angry because it's more easily accessible because it's in the theater. There you go. There you go. And because I'm assuming that a lot of people have already seen The Rock. Um, yeah. I mean, like I said, a matinee to go see Drive Angry. You don't necessarily need to watch in 3D. It's not that. It's not Avatar or anything. No, but I don't think they're presenting it in anything other than 3D right now. No, that's not true. Really? There's other like theaters that don't have the capabilities to have in 3D. They don't have the capability to rape you from your wallet. No, I agree, but I don't think that they're actually showing it. Like, Pacific Northridge doesn't have 3D, and they're not showing it. Or just Netflix it when it comes out. Yeah, do that. Watch it with your friends late at night with some popcorn. You can, you know, ogle Amber Heard. Ogle? Or ogle, perhaps? Ogle? Really? Ogle. Amber Heard. Yeah. So, are, is Amber Heard on your radar now? Your well, gaydar? My gaydar. Uh, okay, sure. I'm, I'm just going to go out, go out there. What the hell? We're over an hour and nobody's listening anymore anyway. If I ever decided to be a lesbian, I would want to choose somebody who looks like Amber Heard. I can't say choose Amber Heard because, like I said, she'll never go. She's already a lesbian. She's already one, you know... One step closer. Yeah, but I'm short and fat. It doesn't work out. Oh, yeah. You're so short. You're so fat. Well, oh, she's Amber Heard. Oh, 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 so, yeah. I don't know. She's hot. She is hot. You're hot. I'm hot when I really try. You're both hot. <laughs> I have to really try. Just let biology be. <laughs> Wouldn't biology dictate that a man and a woman go together because the parts fit like Legos? All right, Sarah Palin. So, Sarah Palin, <laughs> what did you think of The Rock? Well, you know, I just thought it was kind of a violent movie. But, you know, those San Franciscans, they like their violence, I guess. You know, up in Alaska, 
we just like to take it out on the caribou. Yeah, you do. And wolves. From planes and helicopters. You know, we've already been explicit talking about anal beads and stuff like that in this movie, so I'm just going to go ahead for the sire. Fuck you, Sarah Palin. <laughs> Fuck you for killing wolves. Fuck you for being a horrible person and a crap commentator and a crap politician and somebody who I want to punch in the face. Wow. Okay, I feel a little better now. We weren't really explicit till right there. No, we were. Come on. We were talking about anal beads. You can get it. I'm sure you can talk about anal beads all you want. And not get it explicit on iTunes. I mean, I, I don't listen to a lot of anal bead podcasts. There's <laughs> that's, probably that's an anal, there's an anal bead review podcast out there. We've talked about lesbianism. We've there, talked about naked a, seeds with Amber Heard. We've talked about a, anal beads. And now we're, we've discussed Sarah Palin with the word fuck. So, yeah, we're done. I, I try not to, you know, I see her as like a nuisance, like a mosquito, Sarah Palin. I don't think she's, you That know. does mosquitoes an injustice. Huh? That does mosquitoes an injustice. This a woman is far mosquito. more dangerous than a mosquito. If she's a mosquito carrying West Nile virus, maybe, but... West Nile virus, maybe? Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm glad you, uh... What a vomit on her face. That, I would like to see. I would do it. I really would. I'd be bulimic for a day if it means I could vomit on Sarah Palin. What would she say? What would she say if you did that? Oh! Oh! That would be it. <laughs> I would hope she would say more. I wanted to be entertained by that. <laughs> I don't think she would... I think she'd be too shocked. I think she'd be like... She wouldn't be saying oh, this. No. She'd be thinking, I'm covered in vomit. So she'd be... Oh. I mean, what can you say? Exactly. You would have an oh no reaction when you're covered in vomit. Like an oh no reaction is when you chip a nail or, you know, have a baby almost on a plane because you decide to fly all the way from Texas back home to Alaska to have your child that's born with Down syndrome because you decide that prenatal care doesn't reach into having the child in Texas. That would say, oh no. She puked on you be like that time that guy puked on you at Vegas. I don't want to talk about that. That was great. That was terrible. We were in Vegas at the Hard Rock Cafe, and I was we were on the floor next to one of the ATMs, about to get some money. And this guy comes up to me, and I thought he was going to like shake my hand because he looked drunk. Nope. He came up to me and puked all over the ATM right in front of me, like in like where you get your bills and stuff. He was making stuff. a deposit. <laughs> and then he pukes on the floor right next to Chrissy, and some of it splatters onto Chrissy because she had a dress on. No, no. Hold that thought. And then I started laughing because it was really funny. But wait a second. Because he slipped in his own puke and fell down. It was kind of like a slapsticky. But here are film. the two things that don't make sense about what you just said. First of all, you said you thought he was going to like come up to you and like shake your hand. First of all, why? But secondarily, we're in Vegas on the floor and everybody's like wasting. Right, but there. secondarily and really most importantly. He was clinging to the wall for dear life like he was rock climbing. What part of you made you think that he wanted to shake your hand when he was like facing the wall rock climbing it? <laughs> Maybe he needed somebody to help him up. He wasn't even rock climbing vertically. He was rock climbing horizontally. Maybe one of the bath bombs just hit the floor next to him and he was dying of the nerve gas. And second of all, when he puked into the ATM, that's not when I got splashed. I was horrified just watching him puke repeatedly into the ATM like he was making a deposit with it. It's when he then turned around and his shoe slipped in his own vomit and he fell ass first onto the floor. And that's what splashed me. The impending 
fall that he did into his own vomit splashed me with it. Yeah, it was amazing. Like, it was like... Epic. It was a movie. It was I epic. I thought I was on, on Punk with Ashley Gutcher. I was like, whoa, that was intense. And then Chrissy was very upset. I was like, I go to the bathroom and went to vomit. And I was over there like, my head like, oh, 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 oh. You were. You totally were. I was like, thanks for being supportive at the time, boyfriend. How often do you see a guy puke into an ATM, puke on the ground, and then slip on his own puke and fall? You don't see that a lot. And splash your girlfriend with said vomit. If I would have had a video camera, I could have won, like, Funny Stone Videos is still on, right? They could have definitely won. I'm not sure that they would air something like that, but okay. Or MTV. They they like stupid crap like that. Jackass might air something like that. I don't know. Somebody would have had to do some some crazy stunt or something. You had to do a backflip or something. So. Wow. (laughs) Nicholas Cage double feature. (laughs) You liked Drive Angry Bear in the Rock. Amber Heard, most of all. Yeah. Cool. No, no, the um, the guy who played the accountant. Oh, William Fickner. Yes. Then Amber Heard. Yeah. I would say watch Drive Angry if only for him. Or for her. Or both of them together. Yeah. There you go. Good movie. Yeah. You know that you know that it's a good looking chick, by the way, when you don't really normally look at chicks, but then one sticks out to you. Like then you're like, Whoa. I did that once with Heidi Klum. I saw her in real life and I was like, that she's imp- impossibly pretty. In real life she is impossibly pretty, you're yep. correct. Yep, same thing with Amber Heard. And she blessed our marriage, so She's got that going on for her. She's had not a lot of luck lately with her fashion, so hopefully her blessing on our marriage has more impact. Well, we had a long conversation about it, so. About you, mainly. Me and and Heidi. I had a conversation with somebody today about you, you know. Patton Oswalt? Could have been. Dang. I can't say for sure. All right. Well, until next time, I guess it's, uh, it's sayonara. Sayonara. It's anal beads and Tootsie Fruits. Tootsie Fruits? Yes. When did Tootsie Fruits come into play? Just now. What? This late in the game? I could talk forever about Tootsie Fruits. They came to me from the Subway Sandwich Artist after I recommended that they go see that one movie, Drive Angry, because it's in the theaters right now. They said, thank you, here's Tootsie Fruits. (laughs) Whee! Alright, guys. Tired. If you stay this long, I'm sorry. <laughs> Catch us on Twitter. Chris Winters or Justin Winters. Chrissy with, or not Chrissy. Chris with the K, Justin with the J. All uh, over. All right. And I'll peace out. <laughs>